Here follows the secrets of the moon as relayed to us on the very first moon episode. As an introduction to this story arc, I think we did fine. All right, we moon's got, fucking got weird. There, there are things that are named after uh, us people. Well, concepts both abstract and concrete. You know, you never met any abstract ones. I, I think that I feel like it might behoove us to um have like a conversation about like moon world building some yeah i think it's a good idea because i feel like i Let's feel do like that if, right now if, if you want we're here sure i mean it's fine i just i was gonna say like i feel like if we're like continually throwing like these weird unexplained like moon mysteries then they're gonna keep catching us off guard and we won't have interesting responses to them yeah it'll I think be that, like a it's long okay for us outside of our characters to know what's going on yeah okay <laughs> let me tell you about the moon <laughs> tell us about the moon yes, tell us about the the moon. Okay, so now I finally get to do my whole big spiel where I invented this whole big great world buildy thing about, like, the nature of the moon. Okay, so when planets are formed, um, at their core is essentially, you know, it's, it's you know, the, you have the, the planet core. Mm-hmm. And basically, the, a planet is intrinsically driven to self-modify in an attempt to just reach whatever its optimal state is. And the method by which it does this is uh, living dungeons. Um, It sends forth essentially small fragments of itself to the surface with some idea that it's trying out on itself. So the moon is a giant living dungeon, basically? uh, I'm not done. Please don't interrupt. Okay. Sorry. 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 Um, so, like, it, very early in a planet's life, um, you know, I use the word life a little generously here. Um, it's not, not an organism in the typical sense. Um, but early in the planet's existence, I guess as, a, as an entity capable of, of self-modification, um, it's... Its means of self-modification, or I, I guess its 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 experiments are all very very basic, very conceptual in nature, and so it might just try something like liquid at first. You know, just just try like what's the what's this liquid stuff, and send you know create a living dungeon, um, and it bubbles up to the planet's surface and it tries liquid. Um, eventually things get more more complex and more specific. Um, but importantly, Reddit Reddit the big you know, it doesn't start off with something like tree. You know, tree is amazingly complex. Um, you know, before that you need simply plant and before that you need simply, you know, organism. Um but there are, and so before there are, you know, any, I guess, biological entities moving around on the planet, there are, you know, it has to pull, you know, it uses its energy to essentially formalize these concepts by pulling them in from a different plane of existence called the you know, realm of idealized forms. This is where idolons are from. And so it, it starts pulling in eidolons that represent these ideas. And eventually, sooner or later, you know, the core of the living dungeon typically sinks 
back down. And at that point, um, the core has essentially, you know, it, it, it has accumulated information. And as soon as it sinks back down to the planet core, then the planet core has that information and it can then sort of deal with that and try, you know, something else, something different, something more complex. And eventually, you know, instead of just pulling in Eidolons, it begins to sort of get ideas about its own life forms, and you get what's called eidetic proto-life on the surface of the planet. Um, things sort of between Eidolons and more typical organisms, and then much, much later, eventually, you know, we might arrive at the concept of of just a wholly independent organism with no ties to the uh, realm of realm of ideal, um, no eidolon to it at, at all, and then you know it just sort of keeps going. Things get more complex, and this process continues pretty much indefinitely. Um, and that's why living dungeons continue to be formed and exist. It's because even at the complex state that the planet is at now, it's still trying out new things and seeing what else it can do. Now, usually planets get to a pretty stable state where the surface is, you know, sort of, there, there are organisms there that are stable, but it's still always trying new things just, just to change it, just to see maybe this other thing will be, will be better for me. But there are a few complications in the system, which is that sometimes the, the living dungeon core does not sink back down. Um, sometimes this is because the idea tied to that core, you know, the, the ex or the experiment of that core is so much better than everything around it that, not, that it just keeps accumulating more power. Nothing can sort of put it back down. Um, and when that happens, um, the core can sometimes break free of the planet that created it. And oh, from, this, from this, there are two sort of main possible outcomes. One is a satellite, um, which is actually the rarer of the two outcomes because it has to have enough power to break free, but not enough power to completely escape the gravitational pull. So there's only sort of a short span in a planet's, um, planet's life cycle where a satellite can potentially be created because um, anything after that it's just extremely unlikely that a core would ever um, core would ever be able to break free and before that time period you actually get a somewhat different result which is that the core breaks free and actually fully escapes and begins um, just sort of traveling through space and Usually, it just sort of is because it's sort of just a single experiment. Usually, not too much uh, comes of it. Um, you know, it'll just you know, chances are it'll just drift in space forever. Um, but very rarely, um, one of these uh, one of these independent cores will collide with another planet. And this can cause problems, not least of which due to the basic physics involved. Um, but because the core of the, uh, the 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 free core and the the planet that it arrives on are sort of fundamentally incompatible. Um, you know that that planet core cannot really try and regain. The, the independent core, the foreign independent core, 
that arrived on it. And generally, what happens is the planet gets destroyed in a pretty, like, I guess the short version is, for those of you familiar with it, uh, the plot of Chrono Trigger happens. I was going to um, say it actually sounds a lot like the plot of Metroid Prime, but yes, that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's somewhere between the plot of Chrono Trigger and the plot of Metroid Prime. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, so, what the moon is, is is an early experiment by the planet in just trying to make things, but it was early enough such that the Kuro still had a connection to the realm of the ideal, whereas, you know, a core that was created, say, today... Uh, would would simply not have that connection, and it could never pull in an Eidolon. Um, and so, as a result, the moon is heavily populated by these Eidolons who you know come through and live and just sort of do whatever their thing is. There, uh, they'll often get in fights and destroy each other. And when it's destroyed, it is simply cast back to the realm of ideal and must sort of wait to regain power before it can make the trip again to the you know through the portal and might not even end up on the moon you know there are planets everywhere and they're pulling in eidolons um but because it's been so long there are you know certain groups of eidolons have survived and modified the moon to suit them um but because it's such an early experiment um there's just a, it's just a really chaotic environment. Not a lot of rules have been set down because when it was created, the planet didn't have rules to set for it. Um, so, like again, you know, current living dungeons are, by comparison, pretty predictable. Um, so, basically, the the core of the moon, which is calling it the heart of the moon, you hypothesize, is basically the point at which the connection to the realm of the ideal would be the strongest and where sort of Eidolons come from, which is why they're constantly fighting for control of it. Because if a certain group of, you know, it's uh, to use a um, video game analogy, you're camping the spawn, as it were. You know, if a certain group of Eidolons control of it, you know, a new Eidolon pops through, they basically get to decide, you know, whether or not it gets immediately sent back. Um, as to also, what any given... Also, also? it sounds kind of like the Eridu situation, where, like, the Dragonborn are coming from here, so the other Dragonborn stick around so they can raise them to be on their side, to be like them. Right. So Except we're dealing Eidolons. with things like happiness and betrayal. Yeah. Um... So that's you know that's the the war that uh, that Ketchup was talking about. He's, that's not just something weird that Ketchup made up. There was basically constant fighting among the Eidolons as they struggle for control of the heart of the moon. Um, basically, no group of Eidolons as of yet has really established firm control. If they did, uh, they would probably be able to greatly influence the strength of whatever concepts they were tied to, um, you know, in a, in a pretty wide radius, probably including the planet, or at least parts of it. Um, also, Eidolons gain power when their concept is expressed by other things nearby, 
which is why being terrified of something around the corner will make the dread Eidolon that is actually standing right in front of you, but you aren't seeing, much more powerful. Uh, yeah. What else do you want to know about the moon? Is it made of cheese? No. It's made Partially. of rubber. We established this. Uh, did we decide if gravity, if like, I, if physical forces like gravity really existed in this world, or did because remember we talked about that extensively? Like, it was that. I always say else? no. I, I always say that physics are fantasy physics. Also, sorry for Fair talking enough. way too much about my idiot. No, it's world okay. It's cool. This is interesting. So all right, uh, now everyone interrupt me all at once, please. Okay. <laughs> The, the moon is also rather active. It's constantly throwing things off of itself. Like, say, the the thing that has a bunch of rage in it and became Mercury, which then became part of uh, Rip, for instance. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm Rip. Do, do all bees oh. come from the moon? Or this, this, I think bees might have come from the moon. So basically everything that's terrible comes from the moon. I was I was looking up, I was trying to go through um I, I went through the whole mint gelato tag on 13questions.tumblr.com because I knew somewhere in there uh, was a list of names of um silver yeah, arrow true. people. Yeah. And while I was going through there, that's where I found a post that just said like uh what was it? I just copy and pasted it directly because it was great. Um oh yeah cool 13th age moon fact there are bees on the moon so that's why bees on the moon bees on the moon we've been talking about this moon for literal years and trying to synthesize it is a trick uh (laughs) but yeah let's see uh if you hadn't figured it out the reason why the the one why the science officer was capitalizing some nouns is because that wasn't just the concept of honor that was the Eidolon named honor that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, they, they, were, they had allied with honor. Yeah, I like you know, that. Like, I like the, that a lot. the Eidolons are weird, but you know, they can you tell me what the they're, factions they're, they're, in the war are again? I don't. You you ran away from ketchup. Them yet, so ran away from ketchup. Ran from ketchup. Ketchup well, just in general terms. What is you want to know? Uh, I was thinking. Do you, do you want to know out of character stuff that you might then learn in character? No, I guess I guess this is. You can tell me if it's a dumb idea, which it totally could be. No, I guess I guess this is this is enough for me at least to be able to okay. role play into this realistically being confused as heck. Yeah. So, so sort of playing along. With well, that, I, I will che- I will check with Medibot and and you can help me if this is too dumb or not dumb enough. I do have I, a I have no question for Medibot. Okay. Ask me. I have answers to all your problems. Yeah. So, all the Eidolons and stuff, were they all basically gone from the world below, like, the the main 13th Age world before the first age? Or was it, like, a couple ages in when they stopped appearing? I want to know if the many would have been familiar with these. Probably they were still around a little bit during the first age. Because, like I said, sort of the transition from, like, Eidolon to eidetic proto-life to actual life was sort of a gradual one. And so, like, even now, it's extremely unlikely, you know, never is a strong word, but it's it's fantastically unlikely that, say, a living dungeon that just popped up, you know, as soon as we get back, would have 
the means to create an Eidolon. It would be fantastically unlikely. Well, I mean, like, Eidolons basically yeah. only exist in living dungeons, right? Like, you wouldn't find one outside of one ever, or...? It, I mean, it can walk out the front door. Okay. So <laughs> there mean, could still like, be some Eidolons all, all, still in all the life, All life on the planet originated in some living dungeon somewhere. Yeah. Okay. The, the age only date from the beginning of civilization, right? Like, the planet's probably been around much longer than that. Yeah, the ages started with civilization, not with life itself. The ages yeah. started after civilization. Like right. there was, there's a well, few pre-first age civilizations. Okay, it's sort it's of like I mean, like... Susan and the Snake People being one of them, and uh, the Wizard King before he was uh, Lich King, because the the first emperor was the first age. Oh, so it's an imperial thing. The comparison I get is something like like the the roman calendar or something where like yeah there was stuff before this but we're like kind of basing it on when the civilization that counts started well there was a separate calendar for like rome before like when we use now yeah yeah like uh, it's that kind of idea i guess there was time before this but this is where this is where shit gets real yeah, I'm gonna say the many has totally met a couple Eidolons in their extremely long life. But it's just like a couple, and now we have already met more than that in the two hours we've been on the moon. Although we might not realize it. 